0: this is the bob long sports podcast google me that's why i don't read the newspaper you can put it on the phone And welcome into Newark, New Jersey, the Prudential Center where Seton Hall plays its basketball. Bob Long and Tom Trainer here alongside for Bob Long Sports Coverage, a villain of a basketball this evening on the road. At Seaton Hall and Tom. It's a huge matchup here tonight. The 16 and 2 Wildcats of Villanova. They will take on the 13 and 4 Pirates of Seaton Hall. And this has been a tough place for Villanova to play. Last year, a 66 to 61 victory for Seaton Hall. That was an overtime game and a tough one this year at Villanova as well that the cats were able to pull out. But this Seaton Hall team, a team that has playoff and postseason aspirations, and this is gonna be a big game for them. Yeah, as you mentioned, Bob, last year, a heck of an atmosphere.
1: What a game that was. I expect nothing less this year. Again, highly ranked. Again, proved that Villanova is the team to beat in the Big East. It's still their conference. So expect the Seton Hall fans to be ready and rowdy. And you know what? It's a good thing that this year you've already seen this team. You've already played them once, have that under your belt. A good, tough win, which last year we were undefeated, didn't know what to expect necessarily, and they punched us in the mouth.
0: Yeah, but Villanova had a tough game, like you said, last year. Now, the one guy that hasn't had a tough go of things against this Seton all team is Daniel Ochefu, and he's been fighting a... A bruise in his buttocks area, primarily in the tailbone. It was a very hard fall to the ground after a rebound against Marquette a couple couple games back. And so now Daniel had the opportunity to play. He was not a hundred percent, but played against Georgetown in a big victory for this cast team. We'll get into that in a little bit. But he has scored 24 and 17 in terms of points and rebounds. This was last year here at the Prudential Center, and then this year at the Pavilion, 20 and 18 against this Pirates team. It's a team that has guys in isaiah whitehead and uh, lots of guys that should be able to handle a guy like ochefu down low and they've been able to handle other big men but ochefu brings out his best against this pirates team
1: well you mentioned whitehead you meant angel delgado yep absolutely he's i mean those guys young very talented yes but still young guys underclassmen daniel a senior and for two years now, yes, Villanova lost here last year, but Daniel, like you said, he's he's had his way with with the younger big men from Seton Hall, yep. and he's improved this year. I mean, it's not a surprise that he would continue that success. That sweet little jump shot he's got now in his repertoire. There's a, a tr- tremendous player he's become for us. Um, the improvement that we've seen the likes of Mufdal Yaru, Dante Cunningham, and it's just been impressive to see. And I would expect another big game out of him tonight.
0: Yep, Daniel Ochefu, like we said, playing tonight. He played against Georgetown through that injury, and it will probably be a two-man battle down low to try to guard him. Angel Delgado, you mentioned the first one, and they also go pretty big with through the rest of this lineup. Ishmael Sanago and Desi Rodriguez add some length in the front court as well. Rodriguez, 6'6", and Sanago is 6'8". Derek Gordon has had a nice year so far. He's averaging just under 10 points a game, but really the guy that I mentioned to start off, and, If he sees a lot of time on Ochefu, that could be an issue, but that's Isaiah Whitehead, sophomore guard at 6'4", the freshman sensation last year, has not disappointed this year either, averaging over 15 points a game and and 4.5 assists in just under 30 minutes. Whitehead presents a matchup issue for the Villanova guards, whether it be Archie Diacono or Jalen Brunson.
1: Well, because he has that length. He's a taller guard, listed at 6'4", but he plays taller. He plays above the rim, great jump shot. Uh, as you said, can score 4.5 assists per game, and he, he's the engine of this team. He is the heart and soul of this team. He gets going, the team gets going. It's a matchup problem, like you said, and a lot of um, the this game will, you know, be dependent on our ability to check our matchups with Whitehead.
0: Whitehead has scored double-digit points in nine of his last ten games, and each of the five straight. Last game, a huge win against Providence. He finished with 15.7 assists and five rebounds. And, Tom, that's a little bit of the story with this Seton Hall team as we round out the starting lineup. But they are going to need some big wins. They've had a pretty decent run of things really one bad loss to Long Beach State in the very early parts of the season it was their third or fourth game and, and so this team has moved forward in a big way and has played a lot of teams very tough, like we said the Providence win just huge for this team and a big win Tom that didn't look as big or didn't seem to be as important at the time it was garnered that's the win against uh, Southern California
1: Sure, sure all's a good team that at times can be a very good team, but at times can also be a very poor team and look, frankly, quite discombobulated. And that, which is what they showed us at the Pavilion earlier this season, right? And like I said, I you know playing in your backyard tonight, uh, like you know getting into the heart of the Big East regular season, this game means means something. And you know last year the game meant something. Uh, you wanted to prove yourself that you could be a force to be reckoned with in the new Big East conference, and once again, you know they see themselves in the middle at three and two in the middle of the Big East conference, and this game means you know NCAA
0: tournament, Big East tournament. This this game means a lot. Villanova, on the other hand, sixteen and two on the year, six and zero in the Big East, and that's a two game lead over anyone else in the loss column. Georgetown, Tom actually at 5-2, and two, find themselves all alone in second place, a half game up on Xavier, on Providence, and on Creighton, all at 4-2. and two. So this Villanova team, you hate to say they have leeway because you don't want to take the foot off the gas pedal at all, especially given some of the disappointing finishes to the year. I mean, to lay off at this point uh, would be not serving yourself well. This is a Villanova team that hasn't lost a Big East game in over a calendar year. It was last January when they lost to Georgetown at the Verizon Center, and they've just continued that way through the Big East tournament last year as well. Perfect 19-0, 16-0 in the regular season, and then unbeaten clearly by winning the Big East tournament as well. So this Big East conference is looking to take Villanova down a notch. It's the only champion that the conference has ever known in its new format, and they look to continue to exert their will. And at the beginning of the season, there were,
1: understandably, questions. You know, losses, big loss to Oklahoma out in Hawaii. Uh, A a better loss to Virginia, but which is looking week by week like not as good of a loss. Sure. And, understandably, there were questions. Xavier, Providence, Butler all got got off to hot starts. Uh, Some big wins, each team. And (laughs) Villanova... Tougher out of conference schedule this year, yep. and I think it's paid dividends. You know, already. I mean, these games against it's the games at, you know at at Creighton in Omaha, seventeen thousand plus. The games that you might otherwise overlook that that a not so great team might overlook. That Villanova is ready to rise to the occasion, and that Georgetown team. That any win at Georgetown is a great win. We talked about that earlier. This Georgetown team—talk about teams—we mentioned seen being night and day. Right. That Georgetown team can sometimes they look like they can play with anybody in the country. You saw that last night at Xavier. Right. And then there are other times when they look like they don't belong on the court with teams like Monmouth or yes, whoever. And Radford, UNC Asheville. <laughs> so the the point being, Villanova has come out tough, ready. Uh, They've closed out all the naysayers and once again, like you said, have proven that this is still their conference. They still are the champion and
0: it used to be three years in a row. It could be and Tom, I have to give you a little bit of a hard time. For those listening right now, Tom is a grad student at Villanova and has gone there for the four years prior to that and before we, uh, I guess, get into more of tonight's matchup, I'll take you back a couple weeks ago. You were not feeling too confident about where this team is going now reeling off six seven wins since then I have to wonder where you are now if you've seen a difference since the losses that you were so concerned about and and what you think about the season moving forward
1: well here's what concerned me
0: playing teams
1: like Virginia Oklahoma that have that that have scorers and threats in all facets of the game. There are a lot of Biggies teams that are stronger in one area than another. Sure. But when you start playing complete teams, and and we struggle, you know, as as we do, from from the three point line, one improvement that I've seen is that while yes, while we are not still not shooting the ball well from deep, we're shooting less. So instead of it being four of thirty, it's three of eighteen.
0: I mean, I haven't I mean, seen much 3 of 18, but I hear what you're saying, I suppose. Well, well the, the,
1: Latin, the Was it the Georgetown game, or was the. I could see, yes, the but Georgetown they, they've game. They've been sure. shooting.
0: They've been keeping it
1: around or under 20. So they've been cutting down on threes. They've been. We've Finding seen more driving to, to the basket. Yes, which was one of my biggest pet peeves earlier in the out of conference schedule. And then you have guys like Mikhail Bridges getting more playing time, getting more confidence. And what. And what a tremendous, like a tremendous boost of energy he's been to the team. What right. he brings uh, with that athleticism, defense, and he's been scoring recently, which as well, which is yes. great. Has a nice see. little
0: three-point shot, Mikhail Bridges. Very Absolutely. nice. Spark to the
1: team, which is nice when you have other guys who have been, you know, struggling compared to what they've shot historically from three-point range. But I think that's what it, that's the main difference that I've seen that's made that's turned me around. I mean, the issues I saw were. You know, not shooting well, shooting too many threes. And then was there seemed to be lacking something on the defensive end. I mean, Virginia is not known to be a scoring team. And they lit us up. Yes, it's at home court. Yes, we didn't shoot well. But they they lit us up.
0: I hear you. At some point, in mean, Oklahoma,
1: give, that's one thing.
0: At some point, you got to give a little bit of credit, though. I mean, they will light teams up uh, if we're using that as the phrase. I, yeah. I think at some point, Virginia. I mean, they, it's not that they can't shoot; uh, it's just that they have struggled and. I don't know. I think what you see with this Villanova team is a team that can play with anyone. You feel like they're going to be in any game they play. Clearly, that wasn't the case against Oklahoma. But, I mean, that was a three-point game in the final four minutes against Virginia. It's a tough game on the road. And, yeah, maybe they've hit a little bit of a stumbling block right now. But I wonder if there's anyone out there that thinks that that Virginia team, after regrouping a bit in the next month, can't make a run to the final four. And I'd like to have a word
1: with them. They'll be fine. Virginia will be just fine. I mean, we'll talk about it later. You know, when we get to talking about the best conferences in college basketball, but the ACC conference is no game is not a tough game, right? I mean, v- to Virginia of the teams, Virginia. Will be, I mean, the winner of that conference is going to have what four or five losses, perhaps. In conference, perhaps. I mean, I mean I- same thing in the Big Twelve. It's so Virginia will be fine, and just just back to back to Villanova is. I, like you said, it's the ability to adapt. They find different ways to score, different ways to move the ball around, getting more guys involved. Um, and then, one thing I just wanted to bring up—I know you—you're you, going to remember this. I was furious after the Virginia game with that two-three zone that, that Jay has been playing recently. We haven't seen it as much, but that was—if you—if you, if you remember—the Virginia game, we cl- would claw back in—you know—two points, four points. And then we start playing zone. I don't know why. And they would go on a 7-8-0 run, and all of a sudden it'd be a double-digit lead again. It was like a yo-yo. It was like a back mm-hmm. and forth. Yes. And, you know, I, I was furious. I was like, why are we playing the zone? We can't play the zone. Jay has said, you know, you said
0: at that time that Jay was... Um, he's, he's been well, very he clear was, about his point that he wants to be a right. good zone team, recognizing that they weren't at that time and may still not be now, but it has been playing slightly better. You seem, just like you said, maybe a little bit less of it in some of the recent games. But it's still been out there and still been noticeable. And uh, they realize that they need to be a bit more dynamic if they want to win in March. And I think Jay is more than willing to give up a few points, possessions, and maybe even games, even though that's not the ideal, in order to make this team better in March. And I think that's the idea.
1: I understand switching up defenses. I understand trying something different, throwing something different at an offense. Also, forcing your guys to think in a different way can be helpful. Um, but And they've improved. Like you said, they've been playing less. Uh, we haven't seen it. And obviously, we haven't seen it against the caliber of a team like Virginia or Oklahoma. And so, I don't know. Um, it could be a good thing in the end, like you said. Just like playing a tougher out-of-conference schedule could be a good thing, learning from our woes at the three-point line could be a good thing. But i am you are right. I was, at one point in time, I will admit, I was very worried, thought this was going to be more of the same, but they've, uh, they've proved me wrong so far.
0: I'll we are live that. from the Prudential Center here in Newark, New Jersey. Villanova versus Seton Hall coming up at the top of the hour. Bob Long, Tom trainer here to bring you the pregame show. Now, Tom, we've had been here before. We were here last year during this very same game, as we mentioned, at the top of the broadcast. Let's get your feedback here and your thoughts, because on the, the great thing known as radio, unfortunately, there is not a visual here. But what... What RB listeners be seeing if they were here at this game right now? And a reminder that you can see this atmosphere at 9 o'clock on CBS Sports Network, and we'll have everybody's favorite Doug Gottlieb on color. But what do fans that come to an arena like this, what do they see? Maybe you're on, on in the car on the way here right now listening to us. What can people expect from this type of atmosphere, Tom? It's
1: unique. It's, a, it's definitely a very unique atmosphere. As we see the, the students starting to, the student section looks about half full at this point. Have some lobsters in the front row, which we were fortunate enough to yes. walk in with. So they look like they're excited for one the of, game. One of
0: them lost their ticket, so thankfully I think he must he have. Gotten I think it was it in back. his tail. Yes, he,
1: yeah. And uh,
0: crabs don't leave men behind. Okay, <laughs> I, I it's very important. A unique environment.
1: Oh, they they we talked about this last year. They Seton Hall does something very interesting. So they play in the Prud- Prudential Center where New Jersey Devils play. So very similar to Wells Fargo Center where we play some of our games as where are seeing plays all of their games. But they put a curtain over the upper deck so it's just the bottom bowl. So yep. taking out, I don't know, 6,000, 5,000 seats Yep, maybe. empty seats. And you think, well, why would they do that when they want to make a profit? You know, you're playing a big team like Villanova, they'll travel well. And they'll say that's exactly the point. A team right. like Villanova will travel well. And last year, it I thought it was a great... It ended up being a great idea. It was loud in here. You know, you think, oh, you're taking away 5,000 seats, but it was still very loud. Acoustics, acoustics in this building are great. The bottom bowl is filled, and it's all seat and hall fans.
0: And the sound waves don't go beyond those court curtains, so there's not that extra real estate up there. And you find a much more inviting, maybe for the home team, maybe not for the road team, but a much louder and more vigorous crowd. And,
1: and the other thing is we are in North Jersey, near New York City. In That's Newark. correct. And you know they don't have. I mean, they have St. John's, Syracuse, but in terms of college sports, Seton Hall is you know one of their teams. Right. And so you know, New York fan base, Philadelphia fans are very familiar with it. And you know, I don't if you remember after the game last year, uh, Darren Hilliard was asked what he thought of the student section, and he just kind of he just smirked, um, <laughs> smirked at the reporter, and said uh, it was one of the more memorable ones. I'll, okay. I'll leave it. At that. Yes. And so, I mean, it, it's a great atmosphere. St. John's, I mean, yeah, ooh, Seton Hall fans, or St. John's is another story. Seton Hall fans uh, are very supportive of their team,
0: uh, and uh, it's a tough place to play. Should be a full house here tonight. It certainly was last year. 9 o'clock tip here on a cold night in northern New Jersey. Bob Long and Tom Trainer here bringing you the pregame show right here on Bob Long Sports. We'll come back on the other side, continue to preview this one, and talk about the rest of the Big East. Some huge games last night, a couple games that are big tipping either in the last couple minutes or at seven, and we'll bring you through those in just a few minutes. You are listening to the pregame show on Bob Long Sports before Villanova versus Seton Hall. L. Mark Signs and Graphics, your choice for custom signs and design, has been servicing the Philadelphia area for over 30 years. From illuminated signs to vehicle wraps, L-Mark Signs is your choice for all your custom signs needs. L-Mark delivers high-quality signs with a courteous, helpful, and experienced staff. Visit them at LMarkSigns.com or give them a call at 610-692-0525. Again, that's LMarkSigns.com. 610 692 0525. Go check out their website for some great examples of signs that LMARC has created and be sure to tell them that Bob Long Sports sent you. Elmarksigns.com, your choice for custom signs and design. Bob Long from Bob Long Sports here, and I want to tell you about the good folks over at City Year Philadelphia. Every day, the dedicated young adults at City Year make an impact in high need schools in Philadelphia and in 26 other cities across the country by serving students who need extra help to stay on track to graduate. If you are ages 17 to 24 and are interested in serving as a tutor, role model, or mentor, check out the inspiring stories at hashtag makebetterhappen. City Year is currently accepting applicants for the next school year. This is Bob Long here, and you certainly know me from BLS, doing LaSalle College High School broadcasts, our weekly radio shows, and everything in between. However, during the 9 to 5, I am a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia area. If your business is looking for financing or any other type of assistance, you can reach me at 215-328-2578. That's 215-328-2578. I've had experience in the energy industry, healthcare, public finance, as well as in manufacturing and leasing. Bob Long, a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia market, helping your businesses grow. Welcome back to the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Bob Long, Tom Trainer here to bring you the pregame show before Villanova against Seton Hall. A big-time Big East matchup here in about the middle part of the regular season. And, Tom, this game, like we said, big for both teams, and we'll see what each team is able to bring to the table. Villanova, we mentioned the starting lineups for Seton Hall. Villanova likely to put out Daniel Ochefu as well as Josh Hart. Ryan Archdiacono, Chris Jenkins, and then Jalen Brunson. Any reason to change what's uh, been working in the starting lineup for this Wildcats team so far this year? No.
1: I'm a firm believer in if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it hasn't been broke yet in the Big East Conference. My only thought is, only well, leave it at that. And, and I ask you if you would change anything before I...
0: No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think this team is putting out the right guys. You know, in terms of guys that come off the bench, Mikhail Bridges is right there, and he provides a lot of spark. I don't know if he's ready for starters minutes yet, and it also might be a Josh Hart thing from last year. Not that Bridges is at, that, at that level yet, but a guy that would start on a lot of teams in the country, he just doesn't make the top five on the number four team in the country. Might be simple as that.
1: Yeah, and I mean he's playing like you said the, the role that Josh Hart played last year. He's playing Mikhail Bridges is currently playing the exact role that he needs to be playing perfectly. And and I'm, the only thing I was going to say is Jalen Brunson's been struggling, you know, recently hasn't exactly lived up to expectations. But then the question is who do you put in in, in if not him, then who?
0: Would it be a Phil Booth type of thing? Booth has been struggling this year for it's, the Cats exactly. as well. So, uh, it's, so the answer is no. It's it's
1: it's not Phil Booth. I think you stick with. Uh, your faith in Brunson. I mean, he hasn't played. You know, it's, I'm not saying he hasn't played poorly. I was hasn't going to lived say up I, to right. expectations, and those were,
0: I believe, unrealistic ones. A guard at his Agreed. size to come in and be a one and done. Not that it can't and hasn't happened, but even some of the, the young guards uh, at, at Kentucky, at Duke, that have come in at that size. I mean, one of them still remains at Kentucky, a guy that is maybe even a bit smaller than Brunson, but had a, that same a bit. Yes, <laughs> but still had that same type of expectation as an un undersized guard and so um, I, I think that he'll be fine and I believe the expectations were unwarranted so based on the proper expectations I think he's living up absolutely and is learning a lot from an older guard and Ryan Archidiakno as well as Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins and Daniel Ochefu as well lots of veterans on this team now Tom one guy that did not get to that veteran status for this Villanova team was Kyle Lowry, and he is one of the best guards in the NBA. Right now, he's part of the, the final votes in Toronto, as well as the Villanova community. Toronto,
1: Trying. don't don't pronounce the T. Don't pronounce. My Canadian friends will be very upset with you. Just want to pause it. Like Baltimore? Yes, exactly.
0: Toronto, Baltimore? Yes. Toronto on area, would we like to say. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I'll work on that. Yeah. But Toronto... The fans there and Villanova, can I say all those letters? Yes. Okay, sounds good. Much better. Trying to make his way into the All-Star game, trying to elicit votes and trying to get him there. Tom, a very deserving player, clearly not just because of our Villanova um, coverage here and the fact that that we know the program well, but an unbelievable guard can put up 20 and 10 any given night. Lowry, a heck of a player, and and we'll see if he's able. He was obviously
1: extremely talented. And beyond his years, if you go back and watch footage of you know, any time Villanova was in a big game and needed needed something from somewhere. He was the guy, yeah, and that that was you know, and and Jalen
0: will learn. He's coach's son, and he's and he's shown the humility to be willing to learn. Sure, sure, and I think Rick Brunson has been a very good uh, impact in terms of that. I mean, there are sons of coaches, and then that father coach may not want him to necessarily get that type of direction, or may continue to interact because that's what he's done his whole son's life. I think Rick Brunson is in a different mold. He very much trusts this villain of a program. I mean, he had the opportunity to go to coach his son at Temple if that's really what he and Jalen wanted. He decided against it, sent him to Villanova, thought there would be a better opportunity and, and that's where he sits right now growing as a player. But but back to Kyle Lowry, Tom. There was a story this week, an interview with Damar DeRozan who, as you guys may remember, went to the University of Southern California only for a year and uh, when asked about how his new role with the team has gone, uh I'll just let you hear the rest, but Kyle Lowry may add a tidbit, a soundbite or two.
2: I'm trying to walk out of here one and one and three. Honestly. You play three games? This will be our, my third game here, so one and two. <laughs> you know, you no, know I don't. No, wait. If you play two games yeah. and you add one, that That's means three games. Yeah, but you said one and three. If we win... 1-4-3. 1-4-3. one that's what I meant. 1-4-3. Oh, one four, 3 Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> USC, baby.
0: I ain't even going to college that long. There he is. That is Kyle Lowry there. How about the comment there from DeMar DeRozan? I didn't go there that long. How great is that, Tom? <laughs> Our man Kyle Lowry representing Villanova even into the NBA. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize that
1: he was going to be a math major, apparently, but yes. I, I think that's uh, um, required to get into Villanova to begin with. There you go. Um, apparently, I don't know, Southern Cowboys in Los Angeles, maybe they're more of a performing arts vibe. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I'm proud of him. I'm very. Proud. I think Jay's probably proud as well.
0: <laughs> a little bit of an anecdote there from the all-star seeking point guard of the Toronto Raptors. and good to have Kyle Lowry (laughs) showing Villanova that it's still got uh, the cats at heart and giving DeMar DeRozan a bit of love now let's get back to the whole Big East here last night's games we mentioned it at the onset Georgetown an 81 to 72 victory against number five Xavier that's just the second loss for the Musketeers team the first came at, at, at Villanova 31 point loss and A combined 41 points, Tom, from Trey Campbell and Devontae Smith-Rivera, maybe the best pure scorer in this league and has been for about the last two or three years. Georgetown, 12-7, 5-2 in the Big East, second overall in conference with losses in the non-conference to Radford, Monmouth, and UNC Asheville. Throw a Creighton loss in there. And then three big losses that you can kind of excuse. Uh, two of them very close. And you could even say the third against this weekend, uh, against Nova this weekend was tough. But Maryland, a four-point game. Duke, a were beating three, just went awry. And then Villanova, a five-point defeat, one that was very close in the last minute of the game. So, I mean, this Georgetown team, tough to figure out. But if they can continue to play well and play the way they have against Nova, Maryland, and Duke, as opposed to what we saw against Bradford, Monmouth, and UNC Asheville. I think this is a team that finds its way into the tournament. Lots of opportunities to win big games in the stretch, down, uh, especially in this conference.
1: Well, and there's no question, a team like Georgetown, the talent's there. The talent's always yep. going to be there at Georgetown. So they obviously are capable, more than capable. But a team like Georgetown being a question mark, yeah, it's frustrating for John Thompson, third. But it's also scary for an opponent of Georgetown. It's, you don't know what you're going to get. I'd rather, we've talked about this before, I'd rather know, you know that Georgetown's a bad team or that Georgetown is a good team rather than be, being a toss-up. Well, I'm going to get you know a team that's playing like they're the best team in the conference <laughs> or a team that's playing like they don't belong in the conference. Right.
0: Yep, no doubt about it. And this Georgetown team, like we said, 12-7. and That win against number five, Xavier, just huge. Add that to the Syracuse win, which starts to look better and better as they took down a Duke team that all of a sudden is struggling. 500 in the ACC. That's a game that could certainly help this Georgetown team and a huge rivalry. I mean, that was an impressive game and one that meant a lot to the Hoya Faithful. Next up for the Hoyas is at UConn, another big non-conference game against a traditional rival. So we'll see how they do, and I think that game, as well as some of the upcoming games, will be big for this team. If they want to start going on a run, the time is probably now. And as we move through the Big East, a battle of matchup, uh, a matchup, I should say, of ranked teams last night. Number 16, Providence, defeating Butler 71-68, to Chris Dunn with 21, Ben Bentil, all of a sudden merging is quite the draft prospect. He had 20 and seven. But let me let me start
1: with Butler <laughs> because Butler, uh, two things about Butler: one, a team I feel bad for, keep getting tough break after tough break; two, not worried about them at all. They will be they will be fine. I think they will still prove to be a very tough team to beat come tournament time. Like they proved last year, they were they were tough out certainly, yep. and then Providence coming off of two tough losses at home, and then you know surviving a scare from a very good Butler team. I mean, Chris Dunn, he mentioned Ben Thiel. He's he's as you said, he's certainly improved his draft stock. Looks yep. like quite the NBA player, and Chris Dunn just continues to get it, bit,
0: get it, get it done. Buddy Healed, and, Ben Simmons. yeah Chris Dunn in any order you want Chris the, three Dunn's best the best players point guard in, the in the country he is that yep. that
1: pass he made last night to Bentiel driving the lane and finding Bentiel with the one hand that you know really not sealed the game but gave gave Providence the edge they needed with you know not much time remaining and then the bank was open on the 3 ball at the end <laughs> and I don't know after hours late hour um, yeah, absolutely it must have been making a withdrawal at the ATM but they're a heck of a team. And, you know, they obviously we haven't played them yet. Uh, play them this Saturday. Yep. Uh, which should be a great game as Seton Hall comes onto the court. Um, but, yeah, the Big East just – a lot of
0: teams that make you scratch your head at points, like Providence did – You know, prior to last night. They've lost two of their last four, Tom. Both of them at home against Marquette. And then Seton Hall, two very tough teams. Don't make any mistake about it. Villanova struggled with Marquette at home before pulling away late. And then Seton Hall, tough matchup. We'll see just how tough tonight, but I think they're going to bring it. So, tough games, yes. So, the 16-3 record is certainly deserved. Next game for Providence, you mentioned, at Villanova. Then they go... Back to the Dunkin' Donuts Center, they'll play Xavier, and then they go on the road to play Georgetown. So this three-game stretch, I think, will tell you a lot about this Providence team and how much 16 and three really says about them, and whether that 16 and three turns into a 19 and three or an 18 and four, or if they end up at 16 and six, whole different story. And this this weekend,
1: Saturday at Villanova, will be is a great opportunity for them. Not only is Villanova you know number 14 in the country, the team to beat in the Big East. But it's Villanova's first game at the Wells Fargo Center, which, yeah, Villanova very difficult to beat at the Pavilion. Everybody knows that. Providence is lucky that they don't have the same fate as Xavier and get to play Sure, Villanova at the Wells Fargo Center, you know, for the first game at the Wells Fargo Center this season, which, you know, Wells Fargo games for Villanova have sometimes been a bit of a handicap. They, yep. it creates more of a neutral court environment. Obviously, it's not your home court. And so I think this is a great opportunity for Providence. a big arena that Wildcats aren't used to. And I think that this is the opportunity that Providence needs to, again, say, hey, look, we're still here, and we think we're still the best team in the Big East.
0: And as you mentioned, Tom, a game at the Wells Fargo Center. It'll be the first game this calendar year that Villanova will play there, the first of this season, save for a exhibition game against Pace University to start off. So... We will see if that's an impact. This is a year that the Wells Fargo Center will host an NCAA tournament regional. It will be the East Regional, and as a result, Villanova only playing three games so as to not allocate that or determine that to be a home floor, and as a result, they make themselves eligible to play there in the postseason. You mentioned Xavier. This Xavier team is also one that finds themselves in an interesting point. They only have two losses here, their second coming to Georgetown last night, but Good wins against Cincinnati, Butler, and Michigan. I think we thought it was going to be a bit more in the early part of the season when that game was won, but a lot of tough games to close the Big East. And I think the Xavier team blew it. is a heck of a player. And they have a lot of good guys on that team. Chris Mack has done a wonderful job at that program. I mean, for my money, he should have job security and stability for a long time. Unfortunately, I'm not the AD at a lot of places. But Xavier, very happy with what they have there. This a bit of a different animal than the NBA. And Chris Mack can really set himself up there for a long, long time. And I think this team could absolutely be in that race for the two seed or possibly with a couple missteps by Villanova, clearly even the one seed.
1: You said it. Chris Mack is one of those coaches that if you don't like your coach, you say why can't we have a coach like Chris Mack? Right? And if you like your coach, you say, well, if we didn't have a coach, the next guy in line <laughs> would be Chris Mack. He
0: I would always agree with just
1: that. seems we we, took, we talked earlier off there about coaches who motivate their players. He's one of those guys that seems to have always always have a great connection with their players, always get them to really believe, buy in. There are fan bases throughout the Big East who think he's a bit too much on the sideline. Will yell at him to get off the court at times, but but I love that passion from the coach. Sure, he really gets gets the players all in. And last in fact, year there you saw aren't, there aren't a lot of coaches in this league that won't do that. By the way, that's right, that's right. And, but but back to back to Xavier last year, a team that a lot of the same guys as this year, but. I would argue they're much more talented and well-rounded basketball team this year. And Chris, yes, Chris Mack got that team to the Speed 16 last year. That's right. A, a team that I would say Villanova, although of course we, you know, they didn't make the second weekend. Villanova was a much better team then. Sure. But Xavier still, still believed after getting thumped in the Big East championship team. Chris Mack bring that brings that team back the next weekend yep. and says. Look, we still have something to prove.
0: And, of course, when you get to the NCAA tournament, you can't go without saying the fact that it's a game of matchups. And uh, Xavier had some matchups that they could take care of business. They did just that, and you give them all the credit in the world for it. Final team really to hit, and uh, our apologies to DePaul and St. John's, but they've struggled this year. They are still winless in the Big East, but not uh, not to fear. They'll play each other at some point, so one of them will get a victory. Marquette led by Henry Ellinson, one of the freshman phenom, and you talked about Jalen Brunson earlier, and he's not really to that level of moving on after one year, which is good for his development. Henry Ellison uh, might well be. He is a heck of a player, and Steve Wojciechowski doing a great job with that program, building it up after Buzz Williams kind of left it, I wouldn't say high and dry necessarily, but he had a unique way of recruiting. He really hammered away at the JUCO market, and as a result, there wasn't really that plentiful push of young players necessarily when Wojciechowski took over. He really needed to put his own stamp on that program, which he's done in just a year or two. Right. And I I expect Woj to do a a fabulous
1: job at Marquette. He's coming out of the Coach K school, played for Coach K, was assistant for over 15 years, uh, and Henry Ellinson who decided, you know, chose to go play at Marquette with his older brother Wally, phenomenal high jumper, by the way, all-American high jumper, <laughs> who tra- transferred from Minnesota to okay. Marquette, and so he goes, chooses to play with his big brother for what will probably be his first and only year in college basketball, and he's a heck of a player. He at Vill- Villanova at the game at uh, you know, Marquette's toughest test of the year, which. They played well, and Villanova was able to keep him in check most yep. of the game. So Marquette's one of those teams that, I mean, even in that, that same Villanova game, each time Villanova would get up double digits, I mean, Marquette had made a run in the first half, another team that doesn't give up. Right. And, and you were just at, Down questioning yourself, four. when is Marquette going to make another run? He's right. a very talented team. You surround it. Henry Ellinson, He spreads the court, a big, big mobile big man, and they're a dangerous team.
0: Locks in this conference. It's a 10-team conference, the new Big East, losing the likes of Louisville and Syracuse and Pittsburgh, and picking up then Butler and Xavier as well as Creighton. It's become a very solid conference, one that's been able to stand on its own in the wake of many people questioning that very fact. And now you're looking at a 5-6 team league every single year into the NCAA tournament. Locks this year, for my money, Villanova, Xavier, and Providence. Tom, disagree or stop me at any point here, but I think those three are clearly locks. I think should be in, but still maybe need just a little bit of work would be a team like Butler and a team that hasn't quite had the win in conference yet. And uh, I think most people would consider them a lock at this point, but a monumental collapse, I think, could knock them out because they don't have that win against Providence or Villanova yet to show for it. With work to do but should get in, I have Seton Hall, so that's the fifth team out of the Big East. Still a bit of work to do but a couple decent wins. And then falling just below that tier but still, I think, can find their way in pretty easily, Georgetown, Marquette, and Creighton. And really what separates them is a couple big wins and really trying to avoid those losses. Again, it's not rocket science here, good wins and avoiding bad losses, but that's the way I see I think you got four fairly easily in. A fifth in Seton Hall would make a lot of sense to me, and then some work to do Georgetown, Marquette, and then Creighton probably with the most work of all. Let me start out with
1: conference as a whole. So most people are currently projecting five. I have CBS projecting five, and ESPN is projecting five. And currently, the Big East conference talking about you know all the question marks. You said that some people had you know can the conference survive? Currently, the fourth. Fourth in the country in terms of RPI, following the Big Twelve, Pac-12, 12 and the ACC, in right. front of in front of conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten, yep. says something. And then to move on to Butler, you said that it'd have to be a monumental collapse, and I agree. They, I think, they can't, you know, they can't afford a two or three game losing streak against teams that they should be. You know, the, the Seton Halls, the Georgetown's, the Marquess the Creighton, and St. John's, but they, like you said, they still also need that marquee win. They don't, they don't have one.
0: Yeah, I mean, what they have is a pretty decent non-conference, and they did well through there. But in conference, right. in, the Big East, yes. in conference, yeah. really no. And so that's exactly what they need to do right now. They're two and four in the conference toward the bottom and they have lost all four of those games against ranked teams. So lots of I guess you don't want to say easy games in this conference, but less elite teams that they'll be able to play. And uh, for their sake, hopefully we'll be able to rack up some of those wins and get up to that 2022 win mark. And that should put them in a good spot. Most of those difficult games, again, almost over. They'll start to play a few of those teams on the road, or in Villanova's case, uh, like you said, they'll play them on the road. But uh, Butler, again, they're a team that I find themselves right on that cusp. I'm almost ready to put them in. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't heard a convincing argument yet from anyone that they that they're locked.
1: I think I think they'll be fine, and I, I would put them in because. Their losses to those, rank, those four losses to ranked teams yep. have, been, I believe, I can think of at least three that were all very good games. Right. Uh, the Villanova game at Butler and then the two Providence games it had the lead on Providence, allowed yep. them to come back and Hinkle.
0: Now, a 19-point loss to Xavier wasn't good. But, right. So but you're right. Three and four, they're,
1: they're right there. A ball goes bounces one way or the other, and that's a, a Butler-Bulldog you know bulldog victory. Right. So... So I I think they'll be fine, uh, you know, if if it comes down to that again, in in their next upcoming rematches against Villanova and Xavier, and then down to team uh, Seton Hall, I think they're a team that similarly but more so they might need one or two or three marquee wins. And tonight's, okay, a great, three. Tonight, tonight's a great opportunity.
0: Thirteen and four,
1: Tom. Well, and that's with the caveat that they beat the teams that they should beat. Right. They don't have a slip-up, at a DePaul, at a Creighton. And then Georgetown and Marquette, in my mind, are teams that need to go, obviously they don't need to run the table, but need to go pretty darn Mm. close.
0: You get two or three losses each year where you say, ah, gosh, that one shouldn't have happened if you're a bubble team. But they've kind of used up that slack (laughs) on the rope. Yes, and then they, so.
1: they use that up before conference play started. That's exactly right. So, they, so Georgetown, who's sitting, they put themselves in a great position so far five and two, second in the Big East conference. Yep, great spot. And now you have to keep that momentum going. And Marquette, <laughs> kind of the opposite, starting off two and four in the conference, and they certainly need you would think would have to almost win out.
0: Yep, yep. Oh, well, Oh the East Win tournament. out would be a lot, but yeah, you could get a couple wins in the Big East tournament. There was a win against LSU that doesn't look as good. They were routed by Iowa, but by and large, they started to play better out of conference after that That's trellacking right. against the Hawkeyes, and you're right. It's a different story than Georgetown. They've struggled a bit more in conference, and they need to do some work in the second half of the conference schedule in order to get themselves in that discussion. We'll take a break here. It's 844, and just a few minutes until we get the national anthem about 15 minutes for us still here on the air you're listening to the bls pregame show as we prepare for villanova against seton hall from the prudential center we'll be right back l mark signs and graphics your choice for custom signs and design has been servicing the philadelphia area for over 30 years From illuminated signs to vehicle wraps, L-Mark Signs is your choice for all your custom signs needs. L-Mark delivers high-quality signs with a courteous, helpful, and experienced staff. Visit them at LMarkSigns.com or give them a call at 610-692-0525. Again, that's LMarkSigns.com. 610-692-0525. Go check out their website for some great examples of signs that Elmark has created, and be sure to tell them that Bob Long Sports sent you. Elmarksigns.com, your choice for custom signs and design. Bob Long from Bob Long Sports here, and I want to tell you about the good folks over at City Year Philadelphia. Every day, the dedicated young adults at City Year make an impact in high-need schools in Philadelphia and in 26 other cities across the country by serving students who need extra help to stay on track to graduate. If you are ages 17 to 24 and are interested in serving as a tutor, role model, or mentor, check out the inspiring stories at hashtag makebetterhappen. City Year is currently accepting applicants for the next school year. This is Bob Long here, and you certainly know me from BLS doing LaSalle College High School broadcasts, our weekly radio shows, and everything in between. However, during the nine to five, I am a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia area. If your business is looking for financing or any other type of assistance, you can reach me at 215 328 2578. That's 215 328 2578. I've had experience in the energy industry, healthcare, public finance, as well as in manufacturing and leasing. Bob Long, a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia market, Helping your businesses grow. Welcome back to the Prudential Center here as Seton Hall gets set to take on Villanova. And Bob Long and Tom Trainer are here to bring you the pregame show. We mentioned and went through the starting lineups on both these teams as well as the rest of the Big East, and now we'll get into the rest of college hoops. Some big scores, Tom around the country right now, and it starts in Morgantown, West Virginia, where the Texas Longhorns lead the Mountaineers of West Virginia 42-37. to 37. That is into the second half, and there's 8 minutes and 19 seconds remaining, a 5-point lead for the Longhorns. That would really send shockwaves through this conference, because we've seen struggles, really, uh, on a lot of... Very, very shockwaves, I agree. And it's been a West Virginia team that's taken... These teams to the brink have gotten some big wins, beating Kansas, and now West Virginia, kind of top dog. They lead that conference in the standings, are tied for the lead at four and one, and now just like that could be taken off by 11 and six team in Texas that has already won huge win against North Carolina at home, and now could get one on the road that could thrust themselves right back into the NCAA tournament race. Why would we expect
1: anything different? <laughs> I don't know. That, that has been the the 2015-2016 college basketball season in a nutshell so far, especially the, the conference, the conference season so far. Yes. And I mean, it's not surprising that in power conferences where every team has the talent, there's no question about it. And uh, a great coach in Shaka Smart moving to Texas first year a guy who made, earned his paycheck by coaching the press and coaching teams that employed the press, could beat the press were quick and agile, playing at Press Virginia, and that's also not surprising
2: and you mentioned, uh,
1: or to bring up on Nebraska over Michigan State is just again, it's I mean, the Michigan State, I don't Three know. Three straight have they-
0: losses for that Michigan State team, a team that I never thought was the best team in the country this year. They were ranked as such for a decent period of time. I just don't see it, and uh, they're struggling. I understand that they had to play without Denzel Valentine for a significant period of time. Right. He's come back, and that clearly hasn't been the answer, Tom, not 100% of the way. Right.
1: Those early losses – out of conference and then that the close scare against Oakland. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I do. At, in Auburn Hills in Detroit and it, it, that was the excuse. Oh, well, they're without Denzel Valentine. Well, he's back and they're not playing good basketball. And That's right. Tom Izzo's pulling whatever, pulling the rest of his hair out because they, they haven't been playing good basketball. It's not like they've been playing good basketball and been getting outmatched by teams team who's playing that playing better that night. Right. They've been playing poor basketball and you want to say it's the, it's just the nature of the conference, like I said earlier with the Big Twelve. Yep. I don't. But when it's three in a row, and your star player, a preseason Naismith Award, you know, watch list candidate, right, is is back, and you're still struggling, and there's. There's no, I don't know, there's no answer that I
0: have. And you know what, time is slipping away. This is not not that the old Big Ten necessarily was uh, in any way a slouch of a conference, but you have a team like Maryland right now that Mark Turgeon has playing well, and I think they could be playing a bit more consistent than they are. They've struggled through some games. The opening game of the conference, they probably should have lost to Penn State. They were down eight with a few minutes to go. Now they struggle against a Northwestern team that's had a good year, but all of a sudden it's just three and four in the Big Ten. And when you put guys out there like Lehman and Suleiman and Melo Trimble... As well as Diamond Stone, the freshman sensation that almost certainly will go in the draft this year. This team needs to be a bit more consistent. They can find their way to the top of the Big Ten, I think, relatively well, easily compared to prior years. Who were you saying was three and four? say saying Michigan State this or This is now – this is Northwestern, the team they played last night. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well – So you're talking about
1: Northwestern I'm talking
0: about Northwestern making that game close, and Maryland, a team that should be maybe the most talented team in the country, with the four guys that I just mentioned, and another transfer who came in as well. Uh, They have had pretty much a remake of their team, and a guy in Turgeon that's supposed to be this very good coach. I haven't seen it from him X's and O's wise yet, other than letting his players play, which that'll make a lot of things happen for you when you have guys of that caliber, but... This team needs to start playing a bit more consistently. Well, Maryland is
1: still seventeen and two. Yes, they They're are four and one in the conference. Their only yep. loss is at—I know it's Michigan, North Carolina—at Michigan. Well, conference loss? At okay. Michigan. Yeah, a tough game against Northwestern
0: at home. It's. I don't but know why. They're playing closer games than they should, Tom. Oh, well, Ohio State. I mean, yep, Ohio State's Yeah, that was a big route. 100 yep. to
1: 65. But I I don't have a problem with Maryland. That's all I'm trying to say. I mean, Northwestern, right. I think, is a good basketball team. They are a good basketball and team. And I was not surprised. I actually said uh, to one of my buddies, I said, look for Maryland to be on upset tonight. Okay, I said Northwestern. I said Northwestern's a good basketball team. This they is Big are 10. good. They're on the rise. Yeah, and they're they're a Big Ten team that could sneak into the tournament that you wouldn't have possibly guessed at the beginning of the year. So I don't know. One tough game. I don't think it's. I don't think we're ready to sound the alarm on Maryland sure. just yet.
0: And to give Northwestern some love, Chris Collins has done a great job, and this does look like the year, Tom that they will get into the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. I think this is the time for them. It's just, we'll see. I, I think you'll watch this Maryland team, if, and maybe I'm just too critical, but I think watch them closely the rest of the well, year. I'll, I'll tell you see what. See if they
1: play consistent basketball. I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll find out very soon. Because on Saturday they go to East Lansing to yeah. play Michigan State, which <laughs> I could imagine... One coach is going to be fired up for that game, <laughs> and then they play at home against Iowa. What Turgeon doesn't get fired <laughs> up, and then they play, then they play at home against Iowa. Yep. And then they go, oh, Fran McCaffrey doesn't get fired up either. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, Subute. I didn't mention that game. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and and then they have Ohio at Ohio State at Nebraska, and then Purdue. So they have a tough three out of four games, uh, three out of five games coming up, and so you,
0: you want to find out how good this Maryland team really is and you'll find out in the next two weeks. We will find out another team now. This is the only undefeated team in college basketball, Tom. SMU. They found a way to sneak by Houston last night and uh, the battle of the embattled coaches that is. Guys that love to get their programs in trouble. Kelvin Sampson of Houston and Larry Brown of SMU but right now this Mustangs team playing very good basketball find themselves I think in the right conference as well to build this type of resume but Houston, a solid team, I think, and a bit of an underrated team. I don't know if they're a tournament team, but they made things tough against SMU. I think SMU will be a a tad overseeded just by virtue of the conference they're in and the record they'll have. But
1: SMU can't play in the is that this year? Yeah, they can't play in the tournament. Okay, yeah, which was what was my point was going to be was a team with a chip on their shoulder like that. It's playing. You know, they have something to prove. Their program has been tarnished. Yep. Their reputation has been tarnished. The coach's reputation has been tarnished. Ah, that's, now, that's long well, gone. But yes. Again,
0: <laughs> tarnished. <laughs> retarnished. <even further>. Retarnished. <laughs> and we're on a retarnished spring. don't think. Spring. I don't.
1: Yes, I don't think any amount of polisher is gonna fix the anyway. It, it, they're a team that's playing with something to prove clearly and they don't have a postseason yeah so treating every game like it's their postseason and you know winning a chance to win i mean winning a conference i don't know if that's ever happened a team winning a conference regular season championship and not being allowed to play in their conference tournament or the ncaa tournament
0: and the only place it really could have happened would have been i guess yukon's first year right or was that the last year in the big east i'm pretty sure it was when they were in the aac when they couldn't go to the NCAA tournament. But I don't believe that they won that regular season.
1: Correct. And then the next year, speaking of chips on your shoulder, Shabazz Napier comes out and says, hungry Huskies, they win a national championship. That's right. So there's something to be said for teams playing for something more than what's there on the surface.
0: And out come the Villanova Wildcats here at the Prudential Center. This is the pregame show before Villanova against Seton Hall in what should be a rowdy prudential center, the home of the Seton Hall Pirates, Bob Long and Tom Trainer alongside. About six minutes and change until we get the first horn of the night, and that buzzer will start the national anthem sequence, the starting lineups, and we'll be with you through that point, at which point we'll log off the air and send you off to Ryan Fannin and Weddy Rigsby on the Villanova Radio Network. But, Tom, let's go through quickly these conferences here. We mentioned and teased at the beginning of the show uh, a discussion on what each conference brings to the table. There are some deep conferences out there right now, and I think the Big 12 has maybe made the biggest statement of any conference this season. For the last 15 years, that title has gone through Lawrence, Kansas, and only Lawrence, Kansas. This year, you see West Virginia right there in that discussion, not an original Big 12 team, and then Oklahoma, a team that has been good but not a great basketball program until what Lon Kruger has done down there in Norman. Your thoughts on what's the best conference, maybe not what's taken the biggest step or made the biggest splash, or maybe that's the same answer. And vice well,
1: of the team has been the conference has been, been the most entertaining, hands season. down, the Big 12.
0: I would agree. The,
2: the
1: best conference, is
2: uh, at this time
1: I'm inclined to say, the Big 12. Okay. You have two teams ranked you know, one and one and the yeah. in the coaches poll and the AP poll, and now and then you have other teams knocking them off and quickly moving up the rankings. And you know, an Iowa State team that had fallen redeeming itself against Oklahoma the other night, uh, as saying, you know, we haven't gone anywhere. And then you have teams like, I mean, Kansas has been playing. I mean, that was a bad basketball game. I mean, you saw that game against Oklahoma State last night. Right. But Kansas, they didn't even look like they wanted to be a there. Route. They it's didn't still like, water. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. They I don't know. They looked tired. They didn't like their meal at their hotel. Or they just didn't <laughs> want to be on the court. And uh, so I don't, I don't know if, it's, it's, if that's a testament to the strength of the conference last night or – Kansas themselves but Big 12 very good conference next conference I moved to immediately as always the ACC uh, you know North Carolina
0: as always as of three or four years ago right yes well it used to be, be Big East right right
1: pre, pre breakup yes I mean, there were there were those who would argue back then that ACC was better conference. I was always faithful, you know, always thought the Big East was, <laughs> was the better conference. This isn't a faithful it's maybe 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 logical is the better is the better word for it. That's what I thought you said. Yes, <laughs> but anyway, it seems like Clemson, who you know, have all of a sudden you know coming out of that a conference schedule, people wouldn't have thought this Clemson team and that was. So Seven and five, and all of a sudden they're right. they're running through you know, the top tier of the ACC. And again, the ACC is a very deep league. I mean, you have Virginia sitting in the middle of the pack now, three and three. A Virginia team who right. have made teams look silly during you know the out of conference play. And then you move out west to the Pac-12, a conference that I never stay up late enough to watch, <laughs> so I don't I don't follow as well. But maybe you could speak to. Uh, I mean, you 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 know, Utah team come out, be a team out of conference schedule.
0: um. Utah has been very good for a long time here, and and it's been a a testament to the program that's been built out there. Jacopo, a great player, and DeLon Wright last year was just something else for that team. Uh, This program, we mentioned Utah, you know USC is up there as well. UCLA has gotten some tough losses, I think, but Arizona, a team that's lost three games in or three games total, all of which very very close within a possession or two. That's a good conference. I relegate that to about fourth. I still put the ACC number one, and the reason I put it over the Big Twelve is I think you got nine really really good teams in the ACC. Yes, out of fifteen, but versus say seven out of a 10-team Big 12. That's kind of similar to what I see here in the Big East, maybe without the strength at the top. So I, I put the Big 12 down just to peg. They may have the best team in the country. I think Oklahoma is the best team right now in the country, and uh, I'll stick with I that, with that. A, until something tells me differently. But, one, we're looking at one of the best teams in the country right here, and so that's a, a feather in the cap in of the, the Big throwback
1: East. road uniforms, i might add. Yes, like
0: yes. But then again, there's just more depth in the Big 12 right. than there is in the 10-team also, Big East. Well, that's but speaking of, well, not that
1: the Big East necessarily, last depth. Re- respectively, yes. Comparatively, they do. But right. the conference that's lacking depth this year is the Big 10. Yes, Very good at the top. Michigan
0: State, Maryland, Iowa. After that... Well, you've seen a drop-off from Michigan. You've seen a drop-off clearly from Wisconsin and Ohio State. And so right there, that's their top six just about every single year. That hasn't happened. And so you're right. Huge drop-off. and It's a 14-team conference, so there's a lot of muck at the bottom. You should see opportunities for some really high records and some really convincing resumes coming out of the Big East, or I should say the Big Ten, uh, as a result. And as we finish up here, it's a big-time Big East matchup for Villanova on the road in the old school, classic road uniforms against the home Pirates of Seton Hall. Treating this one as a gray out. The players they are wearing their gray uniforms. Something you don't see every single day at home, but you know it's a big one when that happens. Just a few seconds till we have to send it down to the PA announcer. So Tom, final thoughts on this evening. It's going to be a
1: great atmosphere just like it was last year. Rematch coming into a hostile environment for the Wildcats. And Seton Hall, we've already, you know, Villanova's already seen them this once this year. Seton Hall is viewing this game as a rematch, so both teams see this as a rematch, a chance to bounce back in different regards. And I think it be a hotly contested game, and a great atmosphere. Ten seconds
0: prediction. Well, good Cats, getting,
1: 75, C- Seton Hall, 67.
0: There you have it. I'll go Cats in a close one, a five-point game, and, the and, the game the and the the able to avenge and make some revenge after last, last year's game. Pirates. We'll send it down to the PA announcer now for the playing of At the National summer, Anthem. You have the been listening to the BLS pregame show, live from Newark, New Jersey, and the, the Prudential Center. ...unfortunately
2: lost their lives in a tragic ball dormitory fire. But this tragedy has led to campuses across the country being safer now and better prepared in the event of a fire. To honor the memory of those who were lost as well as the students who were injured, please join us now in observing a moment of silence. Thank you very much. At this time, we ask you all to please rise, remove your hats, and join us all in honoring America with the singing of our national anthem performed this evening by Fernanda Duarte.
0: A beautiful rendition of the National Anthem there, and we'll now send you to Ryan Fannin, Whitey Rigsby on 6'10 Sports, where you can catch the Villanova Wildcats on the IMG Sports Network. Now the starting lineups.
2: Number two, Chris Jenkins. Also at forward, the 6'11 is senior from Baltimore, Maryland. Number 23, Daniel Ochefford. a 6'2 inch freshman from Lincolnshire, Illinois, number one, Jalen Brunson. Also at guard, the 6'5 inch junior from Silver Springs, Maryland, number three, Josh Hart. And also at guard, the 6'3 inch senior from Langhorne, Pennsylvania, number 15, Ryan Artendiaketa. The assistant coaches from Villanova, Ashley Howard, Kyle Neptune, the assistant head coach, Baker Dunn, the head coach for Pir- Wildcats, Jay Wright. Go
0: to the Pirates in the sixth season. Thanks for joining us here tonight. This has been the BLS pregame show live from the Prudential Center. We'll see you next time.